Konnichiwa. Howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yes, and this week we're going back to sumo crime time with part three of our series on sumo scandals. This week it's going to be drinking and drugs. <laughs> There's something to look forward to. <laughs> uh, but first, it. let's do a news flash. Well, I don't have too much news to really report other than, uh, I don't know if anybody realized this, but Daesho actually suffered a broken rib and internal bleeding on day 13 of the last Basho. I think he was up against Wakamoto Haru. And so that may sort of explain why he on his Ozeki run just kind of like pooped out it seemed he kind of crumbled at the end and i think he was being really gingerly about it he hasn't really taken up sumo since um maybe some fundamentals he is back out on tour and being careful but he basically said his doctors and trainers are like you can really injure yourself very very easily if you're not careful so it'll be interesting to see before the next tournament how he gets back in the mix i mean I mean, we're, we're seeing all the guys who are very majorly injured back, you know, and practicing. But um, I'll be interested to see with this broken rib, like what that really does to his his play moving forward. So, yeah, I saw that announcement this morning and uh, oh, it's such a bummer. It does explain what happened at the end of the Basho. Right. But it is such um, such a common story, isn't it? That wrestlers doing really super well super well super well until suddenly they're not and you're like what happened was that an injury yes yes it was yeah and i unfortunately, think it's safe to assume now it's just always injuries <laughs> yeah and unfortunately it means he's got a well yeah he it's just unfortunate when it has to do with like getting your ozeki status same thing with waka, with uh waka, ta, waka one of the waka waka brothers <laughs> I know. We haven't seen him in so long. I forgot his name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So it was a similar story with him. Like, get injured right before you get your Ozeki status. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's just such a hard status to get without getting injured. And it, it almost makes Yokozuma status seem like impossible without being injured. I don't know how they, how they achieve it, but somehow they do. <sighs> other news, not much other than it is adorable when you see newly retired Akiseyama wearing a full suit. <laughs> I just think everybody should look that up real fast. It's it's as, ad as adorable as you would think it would be. Um, he doesn't have his haircut, but he's wearing a suit and it's just kind of all you need. Also... Uh, I know we mentioned it. If you're in Canada, you got to see Hakaho, who was up there. Um, he made a trip over to Canada for a Japanese festival. And we had a couple of listeners, Sumokoboom listeners, who wrote in about their experiences actually meeting Hakaho. And I think we should share a couple of these emails. One came from Hannah. Interestingly, both of these emails came from women, which I absolutely <laughs> love. That like the men were like, oh, okay, yeah, Hakaho is here. But the women were like, Hakaho is here. And I have to email the Sumo Kaboom ladies because they know they just know how we excited know. we would be. Oh yes. my God, yeah. And they sent pictures, which I absolutely <laughs> love as well. Okay, so Hannah sent us one and uh, she said, Hakaho gave a speech. He did a demo with two rikishi that he brought with him as uh, well as with the local Toronto sumo club. One lucky local Toronto wrestler even got to attempt Butskari on Hakaho oh, with predictable results. <laughs> that guy is completely unmovable. He did a meet and greet and I got to meet him and I got him to sign my Enho fan towel, which I think I would, is hilarious. That's hilarious. She's like, would you mind signing another wrestler's towel? I mean, that's, yeah. that is bold. That is kick-ass and bold. 
And he did. Right? Yes, he did. He signed it. And then she sent, uh, so she sent a picture of herself with Hakaho, and she sent another picture of herself with two other wrestlers that he brought. One was Daikiho, a former Division I wrestler from Miyagino, and the other was named Souma, who apparently appeared in Sanctuary. So there was another booth selling some towels and Hakaho picture magazines, mm-hmm. but under some magazines, I spotted a Hakuoho Tagata and a Hakuho autograph, and I managed to snag it. Oh. And these are real autographs, not prints. It no. was just so crazy. That's said awesome. It was really funny. She was. She said it was really funny talking to the organizers because everyone was in shock that Hakuho actually came. <laughs> He was amazing. He spent a lot of time chatting with everybody and was so generous, as you would expect from the Yokozuna. So that was one wonderful email that we got. That's awesome. Here's another one from Tasha. Oh, this one's so good. She said, okay, here is the gossip that all of the thirsty Kaboom fans want to know about the very surreal appearance. Yes. Hopefully not an old (laughs) Mawashi. It's pretty good. So fans in Ontario were treated to the answer to the question, what does Hakaho wear under his yukata? He spontaneously decided to participate in the Ronin Sumo Club's exhibition at the Japan Festival by hiking up his robe to receive a couple of pushes and thrusts from the amateurs. Yes, we all saw his knickers. So they know (laughs) what Hagaho wears underneath his robe. He just wears underwear? (laughs) Like tidy whities or boxer briefs? Well, now we need to know what kind of underwear because they're very, I mean, boxers (sighs) is very different than boxer briefs as well as like tidy whities. (laughs) Like, we gotta know. Well, she said it was such a great weekend. Champagne wishes and caviar dreams for 48 hours. Oh, she man. said she burned through the equivalent of more than a month's rent on gala and festival VIP tickets, hotels, taxis, and festival food. No regrets, though, as appreciation of sumo has popped in and out of my life for the better part of three decades. That's All of it so cool. in isolation and regularly subjected to mockery. But for the first time in my life i got to see and meet other people as passionate about sumo as me and it was galaxies beyond cool she says it tickles me to think that we canadian sumo fans in the worst time zone in the world to practice sumo (laughs) fandom got remarkable access to the former yokozuna let alone the greatest by all metrics possible hakuho After all, Canadians suffer from a well-known inferiority complex from living so close to the biggest market in the world because no one that huge intentionally comes to Canada unless it's a stopover or a value add. So kudos to the Japan Expo for securing such an amazing guest speaker. She sent a photo of her with Hakaho, and it's a great photo of them just kind of like leaning into each other, sitting awkwardly under a like under one of those umbrellas that you put over a table you know I'm just amazed she's not crying because if it was me I would be that not so fan that's like tearing up and well, like like Beatles fans back in the well, 60s like that would be yeah. me and well, everybody would be did. like is this woman having a breakdown please call like an ambulance what? she's having yeah. an episode that yeah, would be me. Well, what, what she did is she came home and she wrote us an email, which I absolutely appreciate. Oh, that is so sweet. Yes. Uh, so she said, okay, here I am with the goat. I have a few more, but they are totally psycho. <laughs> this was as collected as I got, and I am still clearly terrified. I was anxious and confused by the use of a translator. My friend who came with me described my expression when talking to him as the, quote, thousand-yard stare of a war veteran. (laughs) 
because there was clearly pandemonium going on in my brain. Regardless, Hagaho was patient and understanding, and I frankly do not remember anything specific from my one-on-one conversation with him, but I remember that he tried to make me feel comfortable, and that was wonderful. And I observed others who were just as paralyzed and disoriented, and Hakaho was gracious and kind to every single one. Oh, nice. So then she gives us other fun tidbits. Um, she said Tidbits? Tidbits? Or tidbits, Tidbits. So she says, the Japan Expo rocked, but it did seem a little disorganized. The promotion of Hakaho's appearance was scant and confusing, kind of like a mirage. (laughs) Is he really coming? Why is this being announced only days in advance? Like, what is this ticket for exactly? What the fuck? Who cares? I'm going to take a chance. So she says the gala ticks were... the gala tickets were pricey. They were 340 bucks a plate. She said at the dinner, she asked her table mates how they got into sumo. And she was delighted with a terribly honest answer from a young woman next to her who replied, quote, I saw two half naked men going at it. And that was all it took. <laughs> <laughs> She said the gala host slash translator was fluent in Japanese, but lacked sumo vernacular. So it got pretty awkward. And Hakaho ended up asking a member of the audience to come up and continue translating. Oh, my gosh. She felt terrible for the host as the host just remained dejected and silent. On oh, the stage. no. God bless. Oh, God. I feel for that. That host doesn't know like Jack squat about sumo. That's like me interviewing like a Heisman Trophy winner and being like, so you play ball? (laughs) Where did you go to school? Oh, Oh, wow. Yes. Well, I hope that like Hakaho realizes like maybe he could come back and, and, you know, give it another shot and (laughs) maybe with people a wee bit more informed on sumo. I mean, can you imagine you're standing up there speaking in front of the people and you were like, okay. You're the official translator, but you obviously know nothing about sumo. So how about you in the Just audience? Rando person, you, and what are the greatest day of that person's life is being exactly. like, me? You chose me? It's like the ending oh of God. 16 Candles. Oh it's my like, God. you chose me? <laughs> uh, there's something just so wonderful and odd just, and quirky yes and odd and quirky about that oh I my think god that happens every time sumo stuff happens in america like there's it just it or it, it's it just, just falls chaos apart most of the like time. not enough people know and then it's just a shit show from start to finish and then you've got this big star who's like i'm a big star and everyone's here like uh, what's happening well all that, of our okay. listeners out there can we get it right <laughs> Okay. So we can get some sumo wrestlers over here. So this continues. The next day at the festival, everything ran hours behind schedule uh, because of crazy traffic and there was construction everywhere. So it was no surprise that government officials were late to arrive at the opening ceremony. Um, At one point, I heard one of the organizers exclaim, why have we run out of VIP bracelets? Uh, because everyone was so polite and everything seemed to work on the honor principle. I tried to show my ticket to volunteers and security guards. None of them looked at them at all. And I even saw a few super fans taking advantage of it. But you know what? Kudos to them. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> so wow. it was just chaos, chaos, chaos. Hako was oh like, God. never leaving Japan again. <laughs> Or he was just delighted by it. Oh, my God. I hope he was. I hope he was. That is such a cool... I love... And the people... I mean, can you imagine being in a sumo club and you actually get to try to push Hakaho over and nobody can do it? I mean, what an amazing experience for those guys up there. Guys and gals, maybe. I have no idea from the pictures if there were girls involved. But kudos to them for being willing to go up against Hakaho, even for... Even for an exhibition, she said the enthusiasm was palpable, and I'm sure it motivated more than a few people in the audience who were just there for the food to go home and Google sumo. And we all know what happens when you go down that rabbit hole. So she sent some wonderful pictures of uh, guys doing shiko and then some sort of fusion taiko drumming. (laughs) 
that included a snare drums and like a you know a rock and roll <laughs> rock and roll drum kit as well as taiko maybe um the pictures are just great and you can tell that everyone is having the time of their life and oh my gosh thank you tasha thank you for sending this email all right shall we jump into scandals part yes. three let's jump into scandals Okay, so this week I was going down the rabbit hole of Haramafuji. There has, throughout the history of sumo, been violence. Now, we know this, and I can kind of imagine how and why. You're in a very stressful situation. You want to be doing your absolute best, and every day you go into a circle and you... uh fight guys, right? So I imagine there's a good amount of testosterone that flows in these places. It's also, as Japanese culture, a place where there's a hierarchy and there is ultimate respect paid towards the people who are at the top of the pyramid, yokozunas, ozekis, that kind of thing. So I wanted to chat a little bit about Haramafuji because he found himself in a situation where he went off on another wrestler. And at his prime of being a Yokozuna, this is extremely scandalous. But I will preface this also by saying that in 2007, there was a young kid who was uh, in a stable who was beaten to death by uh, three elder wrestlers. The consequences of that were huge. Uh, the stable master went to prison for six years. Uh, all Everyone went to prison. It was enormous. And that turned so many people away from sumo because it was kind of like everyone who loved the national sport of sumo saw the real ugly, violent underbelly of the sport. Well, I and, think we're going to talk about that episode. Yes. I think next week. Yes. That story. Yes. Yeah. But just to give you kind of an idea of how people viewed violence in the sumo sport when some of these other incidents were happening, the public was, there was so much outcry and there had been for a long time people saying enough, like enough. And also the JSA had you know, said, hey, we're working on obviously changing these things within our, uh, within the sport. So when, when violence pops up again, people are outraged and they should be. In 2010, a Mongolian wrestler who we all know, Asa Shoryu, retired after he allegedly broke a man's nose in an assault outside of a Tokyo nightclub. So that was in 2010. Okay, so we have had other Yokozunas and Mongolian Yokozunas pop off and have issues with violence. Now, Haramafuji, I believe, was the 70th Yokozuna. And what's interesting is I, as I was researching about him, a lot of people really felt that, like, watching him, you know, Asashoryu had... He has pizzazz. You could say pizzazz, right? He had that Mongolian just fire, you know? And, and the belly thwack. The belly the thwack. thwack. Yes. Hadama Fuji was somewhat like revered for, I think, I, I didn't get to watch him too much. But I think some people kind of feel the way about Hadama Fuji as some people feel about Kakaru. They feel like he's a statesman. He, he had a lot of hinkaku, the grace and dignity. He was just kind of like a good sportsman. So... That was at least what the public image was and what everyone collectively kind of felt for Hadama Fuji. So when these allegations came out about what happened uh, back in 2017, I think everybody was... 2017? 2017, yeah. That it was shell shock. Everybody was like, what? And I thought also that it was way back when, like when Asa Shoryu retired, like I was very confused timeline wise, but this happened in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. If everyone thinks it's earlier, they're probably thinking of the, the assault by Asa Shoryu that led to his retirement. 
Got it. So that would have been in the 2007 to 2013 time period. That would have been Asashoryu, but Haramafuji's was 2017. Yes. Okay. Later, right? So the sumo world, again, plagued by violence, horrific violence in 2007 and 2010. We're still seeing violence with the highest ranked. And then here we are still, 2017, we're still dealing with violence or the JSA continues to say, oh, yeah, we're fixing it. We've done a lot, but they keep popping up. So it still must be part of the culture. But what happened this night back in 2017 is interesting. So that Haramufuji um, was out and I think it was he was out with a bunch of other Mongolian wrestlers. He was there with Kakaru. He was there with Hakuho. He was there with Ted and Fuji, and there were other Japanese wrestlers, and they were at some sort of club or something. And I read a lot of articles of what the evening was, but we should know that this was during a Basho. So basically, oh, it, was. it was in November 17th, so that makes sense. He was out with um, another wrestler called Takanoiwa, Takanoiwa. Um, who was a junior wrestler. So, uh, and Takanoiwa is also Mongolian, if I haven't said that. And they're in Totori. So what happened was the different articles I read. Now, it's interesting because they all say something different. Yeah. And I think that has to do with sumo culture because Hakuho's account is different than Haramafuji's account, which is different than Takanoiwa's account, which is different than everybody else's account. Of course, yeah. Because... I'm sure they were protecting each other. So what happened was, of course, uh, Haramafuji is not drinking. And he says he used his bare hands. But we all know they're at a bar and they're all drinking. So call me crazy. I imagine he's probably smashed. But according to him, he's not. He's just hanging out with his friends at the bar. Right. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure they're all having Shirley temples. So. Hey, I do it. (laughs) I'm not a sumo wrestler. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. So apparently... Maybe he was the designated driver for the uh, evening. We don't know. They don't drive themselves. They can't drive. Oh, he's the designated (laughs) walker for the evening, maybe. maybe You're right. They don't drive. He's got no excuse. Yeah. And like, is he biking home and he's going to like... The designated biker? Anyway. So Takanoiwa is this junior wrestler. And apparently... Now, this is one article I found. He was popping off... He had said it to, I think, Hakuho or, or Haramafuji. One article I found said that he had said Takanoiwa was popping off and said something to the Yokozunas, like, your time is, you don't have much time left. Like, your, your reign is ending. Something like that, right? <laughs> hey, old man, you're not going to last too long. Something mm, like that? Something. Something like that. But then official accounts, I cannot see anything that was said. That it's it's covered up. I don't know exactly what's said. All I know that is officially said in all the accounts is that Haramafuji was scolding him for being uppity, this Takanoiwa guy. And he was uppity and he was being disrespectful. And by being disrespectful, he was being kind of preached to by the older guys or the higher ranked guys. And Takanoiwa was like, screw you. I'm just going to dilly dally on my phone and half-ass listen to you because I'm disrespectful right now. So that, that is what apparently turned the whole situation into a physical violent situation. Haramafuji, it was alleged that he hit on the head Takanoiwa with a beer bottle causing injuries that required hospitalization and so he grabbed someone else's beer bottle right (laughs) and said get your head out of get your eyes out of your phone Haramafuji said he did it with his bare hands but the truth was um Takanoiwa went to the hospital and he had a cracked skull or something that seems real hard to do with a bare hand but I don't I don't know know with these guys who knows and Hakaho said that the bottle had fallen out of his hands before he hit the other guy. Other accounts say that it was a remote control, uh, a karaoke machine remote control, which I personally think is the most interesting clue type of how he did it with yeah. the ashtray in the library. But 
an ice pick was also, and I was like, an ice pick would have killed him. So I don't believe that. But was it with done a with a candlestick? A candlestick. It could have been done with a candlestick, room. but an ashtray was also considered. But I like to go. He did it in the karaoke club with a remote control. But the accounts are beer bottle slash officially bare hands. It was all. Okay very conflicting. And Hakaho even claimed that he broke up the fight himself and moved Hadamafuji out of the room. So no one really knows kind of what I think really happened because Sumo is secretive, right? Now, Takanoiwa, he said it was a karaoke machine remote control and his fists. What happened was the, there was either as a reporter from the sports Nippon uh, leaked the story. It was reported in the papers that he had been hit by a beer bottle and punched 20 to 30 times. So oh, that was that, that wow. yeah. And it forced him to miss the uh, Haramafuji. It forced Takanoiwa, who had the head injury, to miss the entire November 2017 tournament. And so one thing to remember about Takanoiwa is that he was Maigashira 8. It wasn't like he was some low-ranked guy that no one knew. Takanoiwa was up there. He was a Maigashira-ranked wrestler. And because he had to miss the rest of the tournament, so it had to have been somewhere I read that this night of drinking happened after Haramafuji had lost two bouts on day one and day two as a Yokozuna. So he was drinking. And, and he was frustrated. And he was frustrated. And so that's what I have sleuthed together. But okay. that made Takanoiwa miss the rest of the tournament and bumped him down to Jurio 3. So Takanoiwa was clearly not happy. And so the JSA launched an investigation. And even the local Totori prosecutors officially indicted Haramafuji on December 28th, 2017. And also an interesting thing. So Takanoiwa was at Takanahana stable. So Takanahana and, and, and uh, his brother, remember them, were in, yeah. uh, they were Yokozunas. And yeah. then we never saw Takanahana much after that. Takanohana was the Oyakata of Takanoiwa. And so he wasn't, he was not cooperating with the JSA's investigation. So there was all kinds of weird things happening. And Takanoiwa this is really kooky too. He charged um, Haramafuji with harassment or, or uh, abuse. He dropped the suit eventually because he said his family back in Mongolia was being harassed. Hmm. So Takanoiwa did continue to fight and wrestle, but Haramafuji and Isagahama announced the retirement, I think, uh, soon thereafter. And, um, of Haramafuji. Uh, of Haramafuji. Yeah. yeah. So there was just so much scandal, so much stuff in the news, and people were also just like, holy moly, how much more violence can we have in this organization? Uh, so it was December 2017. I think he officially... He submitted his uh, letter of resignation on November 29th, 2017. Um, and then he officially retired December 2017. So it happened pretty quickly after that. But here's the twist. What's the twist? Here's the twist. So Takanoiwa, he retired from uh, sumo wrestling in 2018, a year later. But guess what happened when he retired? He, he went back to Mongolia and started working for Haramafuji. No. Oh. He, he assaulted one of his own personal attendants, one of his sukibitos during, really? during a regional tour, giving the kid a, a swollen face. So I was like, what? Maybe Takanoiwa was a total jerkwad. And then it was just one yeah. of those moments where one man just friggin' snapped and this other kid was still a pain in the ass, but kind of got through the whole ordeal until it was revealed that he had indeed assaulted one of his Sukibitos. So he also uh, went on to do um, MMA in his post-sumo life, so mixed martial arts. And so he retired, and he had um, his haircutting ceremony at the Gokugikan, and guess who showed up and attended his Haircutting ceremony. Kakuho. And Kakuru and 
Haramafuji. Wait, ha- oh, Haramafuji showed up at Takanoi was Takanoi. Oh, he showed up. Yes, that's interesting. But Takanohana, his stable master, did not show up. I wonder why. Right? Yeah, that is weird. That's his very own. I mean, that's what Wikipedia, the world of Wikipedia, says. Isn't that kooky? So whatever has yeah. gone down, I mean, I've got to find out more about Takanohana because I know that there's a whole story there. But anyway, what happened, though, the punishment for Haramafuji, though, he did have to pay about the equivalent of $4,400. But as a fine or as a, a fine? Fees? As a fine. Okay. No, as a like there was like a, an investigation with the local police and the, and the incident and the fine of everything that happened. I think that was $4,400. And then Takanoiwa later, that's why that, that was that suit that he dropped. That's the one that he like sued for like 24 million yen. And then he dropped that suit because he was getting harassed. His family was getting harassed back in Mongolia. Haramafuji denied that he'd been drinking to excess. <laughs> okay. But no, that he, makes sense. He just had he, a couple. He just had a couple. But he did say he felt responsible for injuring Takanoiwa. And he did not go into the details. But he said that he had lacked manners and civility and thought it was his duty as a senior wrestler to correct and teach him, but he went too far. So that was the official thing. Hmm. So he wrote a memoir, which I'm dying to read now. It's called yeah. Body and Soul, and it was released in 2019. So he has a wife and two little kids and has gone on in his retirement to take, I think, the higher road and hasn't spoken much about it. But he, I think he sometimes unofficially, it says, he unofficially steps in to help coach at Isigahama still. Um, but that's very unofficial. So uh, I think he keeps a very low profile. And uh, except for this body and soul, which maybe discusses the incident, hasn't really spoken much since. Well, and he does still seem to be very revered in sumo circles. I mean, I didn't start watching sumo until after he was gone. But I know that a lot of people still speak about him with hushed tones and they're they really miss him and they miss his style of sumo it seems like audiences respond to him very well when he shows up at other people's retirement ceremonies yeah there's always two sides to every story yeah and i i don't feel sorry for anybody who beats up somebody else and like loses their job i'm like you beat up somebody else like like <laughs> you save that for the ring buddy yeah, i don't feel no sorry no. for you i'm like fine your career's over i could care less if you're a great yokozuna or whatever you did that that's a crappy thing to do but it is kind of hard to dig through this information and find out what's true and what's not but both sides all i can say is they're conflicting you know there were even yeah. stories that say takanoi was um injuries weren't as bad as they were initially reported as you know so there's all kinds of weirdness about this incident and i think uh, the nugget i take away from it is that sumo is secretive and no one will ever really know because they still continue to protect their own no one will really know what happened and that's kind of a perfect segue to my section about drugs drugs Drugs. And and really, all the research I've done on all these scandals is strangely similar because you can tease out elements of a scandal, but you really can't ever get to the hard truth of much of anything. Right. You can talk about what was reported and you could talk about how people say things might be changing. Uh, and there are some facts that you could talk about. But in terms of like people's intentions and in terms of what really happened, it's hard to get to the bottom of it. But it just like things don't add up quite right. And that's what makes them a scandal, I suppose. Something is just slightly off. So we have touched on the story that I'm going to tell in some earlier episodes, but we just touched on it lightly and I'm going to jump in a little bit deeper. The scandal I'm talking about starts with a very good deed. In 2008, in June, in the summer, a woman finds a wallet on the street and turns it into the police, thinking, huh, I've done my good deed for the day. Very Here Japanese. Is, very yeah. Japanese. Well, <laughs> Americans would be we like, would... is there some cash in there? And then I'll return it. No, not, no. <laughs> a lot of people in America would do the same thing. I found a wallet. I'm going to find this person and give it back to them. So 
what happened in Japan was the police opened this wallet and said, you know, thank you very much, ma'am, for finding this wallet. And they found that it belonged to a 20-year-old Russian sumo wrestler at the Magaki stable uh-huh. named Wakanoho Toshinori. So my first question is, are there pockets in Yukatas in the summertime? Yeah, Do they, they put have them pockets? in their little sleeves. They put them in their little sleeves. They have right. So if they put them in their sleeve, it's really easy to see how they might fall out. Right. <laughs> Maybe they need pockets in their yukatas. Can we get (laughs) pockets in some yukatas, people? Can we please? All right. But the trouble was there was more than just money and an ID in this wallet. There was a little rolled joint in there. Drugs. Or or maybe it was a cigarette. It was oregano. It was totally oregano. And and some Mary Jane (laughs) in it. So the reports differ. Exactly what was in the joint, but there was at least it was. We know that it wasn't a big bag of pot in his wallet, it was one joint that had some pot in it. Okay, and that means we have our first drug scandal in all of Sumo's history, right there. That's how it happened. So, this guy, Wakanoho, had just wrestled in the July tournament at his highest rank ever. Magishira won. Wow. Which is really good. And he hadn't had the best record at Migashir 1. He had a 4-11 record, but he was a young wrestler on the rise. He was only 20 years old. And he was expected to rise to Ozeki someday. He had beaten higher-ranked wrestlers. And maybe he had a bit of an anchor problem as well. <laughs> Seeing as in the May tournament of that same year, he had lost to Harama Fuji, who you were just talking about, He had lost to him by Uchari, and then he had to be reprimanded for damaging a door somewhere in the back of the Kokukikon in response because he was so angry about it. So Doors are expensive. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So that gives you a little taste of this man's character. (laughs) And now I need to tell you a little bit about cannabis in Japan, okay? It's not used very much there. Japan has some of the strictest anti-drug laws in the civilized world. Weirdly, it grows wild there. And you can order seeds over the internet to grow your own, but you cannot buy, sell, or use it. Well, I can (laughs) say from being over there, people have it. Well, but it's not used as much as it is used in the United States. It is still illegal in Japan in in recreational and medicinal use. And Japan has very different laws surrounding cannabis use. Like if you have it and you are, if you're foreign, you can be immediately deported or you could face up to five years in prison. If you're selling it, you face up to 20 years in prison. And not only that, but from what I've read and what I understand about it in Japan, that uh, the Japanese consider pot in sumo, especially to be an insult to the game, like a reckless attitude in what is supposed to be a committed lifestyle. Like it shows that you have extreme disrespect to the tradition of the sport. I get it. It's like showing up. You know, for a boxing match and you're sloshed. you like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened to this kid? Well, first of all, I have to say maybe it was even more embarrassing to the JSA because this kid who was on the rise and was doing so well had a ceremonial apron that was sponsored by the Japanese Drug Abuse (laughs) Prevention Center. (laughs) Oh, God, that's so good. Isn't it? Just go to drugs on it. Yes, exactly. Oh, God, that's freaking funny. One that that has the joint in his wallet. Well, was it a setup? Well, he... (laughs) So on... So in August, this happened in June, the police waited for a while, but they did arrest him in August for possession of cannabis. And they held him in detention for eight solid days of training. And they questioned him and they searched his room at the stable. And in his interview, he said, "Okay, look, I did. I bought two bags of pot 
I I did have that is my joint, and I I also got that in a pipe from a foreigner in a club. All right, oh, it always comes from the foreigners. Yes. Well, but he's he, probably not wrong. It's probably a foreigner. <laughs> probably, probably. But he said, "I only smoke pot by myself. I do it alone." Um, yes, you can search my room, and and when they did, they recovered a small quantity of cannabis in a bag, and they found, uh, you know, a pot pipe that he was using. So three days later, the JSA met. And they said, okay, we have a problem here. Now we have a drug scandal. <sighs> so, I mean, I mean, a drug scandal. This, I mean, I yes, know there's a lot of scandals. I'm like, also, like, no, it's just one kid just getting high every once in a while, but it's a drug well, scandal in Japan. It is a drug scandal. And they it. said, maybe scandal. we need to check and make sure it's not only this one kid. So they uh, started doing drug testing. Drug testing. <gasps> yes. To check for cannabis and for meth. So I they mean, said, okay, meth. we're going to test everybody. I mean, okay. Yes. Okay. So, so they tested meth heads out there. They might. They were like, we need to discover <laughs> if we do. So he, because he was a minor at the time and it was not that much pot on him. The, the police released him the jsa voted to dismiss him immediately from sumo and they said let's test everybody else in the upper division and surprise surprise two more wrestlers failed their tests <laughs> they were brothers from russia so now we have three it's those foreigners i wonder who gave him was it the russians well <laughs> they said well they both the two brothers denied that they were smoking pot um but I then mean, they said all right we'll test you again and they failed again <laughs> and they said no 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 we really we were never smoking pot they talked to their stable mates and their stable mates said you know what we just got back from a trip to la in america and yes they they were smoking pot absolutely so they were mad um the first kid wakanoho said how dare you kick me out from sumo i need to be reinstated the jsa said no and so he he sued and not only that remember when i said he had an anger problem yeah well he came out swinging in september he had a press conference and he said you know what? It's not only, it's not only pot. I was forced to accept bribes to forfeit sumo matches. Oh. And he started say, he started talking and saying Ooh. that, that sumo was just a circus and a show. He said, not only did I throw matches, but I got high with Tochinoshin. <laughs> and I wasn't telling you the truth earlier when I said I got high alone. I smoked all the time with Tochinoshin. And lots of people were getting high. And then in November, he retracted all of those claims. Oh, and apologized. Tochi was like... Uh, <laughs> let's let's regroup and think about who was with you when you were smoking pot. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. So in November, he just changed his story and he was like, you know what? The magazine that I was talking to, they said that if I said what I said, then they would let me back in sumo oh after gosh. one week. And and so I made all of that up, all of it. I'm so sorry. And then the magazine said, well, that makes no sense. That makes no sense at all that he would tell the story and then go back on it. It's just and like the so, inner workings of the JSA, like it's weird, the sloppiness isn't it? of whatever they're trying to cover up and it yeah. just reeks of disorganized chaos behind the scenes. Or, like you can't even tell what's the truth anymore. So he went on in January, he dropped his suit after changing his story two times he dropped his suit against the JSA and the JSA agreed to give him his severance pay. He had an informal haircut ceremony um, that was in a hotel and no ricochet or coaches attended it. None Whoa. at all. Whoa. Everybody was just like, bye, see ya. And in February, he returned to Russia because his visa had expired. But then when he got back in Russia, he changed his position again and started talking to the press and was like, yes, 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 I was involved in match fixing. And the reason I denied it earlier was because the JSA promised to give me retirement money and then they reneged on the agreement and, and everybody threw match. So the, the guy was completely unreliable, angry, and who knows what the truth was. <laughs> 
But weirdly, do you want to know what happened to him? Yes. He came to America. What? Where he played college football. What? Divorced his first wife, what? married an American wife, what? and has appeared in the U.S. Sumo Open. He is out there still wrestling. He was supposed he he was in the 2014 U.S. Sumo Open. He was supposed to appear in a sumo event in Las Vegas in 2018. I cannot find what name he is wrestling under. And if anyone who lives in Florida knows this guy, he's six five, tall Russian dude. Please tell us who he is because I'm really curious We've to find out who this guy is. We'd like to ask. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so he, he came to America and is now here in America where you can international smoke pot all you want. That's true. That's Just true. Just in certain states like Colorado and yeah. New York and well. Okay, but this drug scandal didn't end with just this guy and these two other Russian brothers. In February of twenty no, of two thousand nine so the GSA started doing random drug tests after this. They started going, okay, we might have a problem. So let's make a rule that says we can randomly drug test these guys. And they caught another wrestler in February of 2009. And this guy was a Japanese athlete uh, who goes by the ring name Waka Kirin. Um, yeah, and, and the test was a bit inconclusive but then he was caught in a police raid with a musician and had more <laughs> pot on him and he was sentenced to prison oh, no. anyway yeah he uh anyway he quit sumo and because he was so embarrassed by the whole thing he refused any severance pay wow. so very different very response. japanese <laughs> yeah a very like different kind of i will just simply disappear right and i apologize for have for having caused this right a lot as of opposed shame. to the russians who were like we didn't do it what are you talking <laughs> about i'm gonna talk to anyone and say anything i need to say in order to get back in just wow. drastically different but what what that whole scandal did is it changed the rules it started random drug testing which we don't know for sure we think i think the jsa can still do this today but i don't know for sure but this got me thinking about something else it got me thinking about steroids yeah in uh and so i just quickly i looked this up because i was like i have to know more about steroids i mean not many have back acne the back knee so which sometimes is like a a clue that someone's doing the the roids well, I don't know. From if you my go personal on, roids experience. Well, if you go on Reddit boards and sumo forums, everyone Everybody's seems absolutely sure yeah. that they are yeah. on steroids. Right. They have absolutely no evidence, but they are absolutely positive <laughs> that these boys are on steroids. It's a little it's a little strange to read it. Um, but there I can't find any evidence that the JSA is testing for steroids, which is a little weird. Um, back in 2003, the head of the JSA proposed that all wrestlers be screened for drugs during their medical checkups in February and October. I mean, don't they get their blood taken all the time, like every tournament? Like, what I, do well, they test? I think they have those two checks a year. And so, yeah, so there has been some pressure in the past to make steroid testing a part of that, mm. but I can't find conclusive evidence that they are doing that every time. Interesting. Um, Maybe the yeah. JSA doesn't want to know. Maybe. They never want to know find, until they get caught. I did find there's an article where the press talked to Hakaho, and in 2009, Hakaho welcomed the testing for steroids. And he even said in this article that it was going to begin, they were going to start testing for it in 2009. Mm. But that's the last thing I've ever read about steroid testing. Um, John Gunning has said that it would be highly unusual for these guys to be taking steroids simply because of how they're living. Right. Like they live in, in a highly regimented environment with very little privacy. So it would be really difficult to get it and to manage it without anybody knowing. So to this point, there has never been a steroid scandal. 
but we can't, I don't know for sure if they're testing for it. So it's Hmm. a little odd. Yeah. But there's absolutely no evidence that these guys are taking steroids, whereas there is evidence that people have smoked pot. And for the most part, they've been kicked out. That's right. Those poor potheads. Poor, those poor potheads. Those poor sumo potheads. Well, <laughs> it's tough. It's kind of like with both of these things. It's like until you get caught, everybody kind of looks the other way. And then when you get caught, then the JSA acts like they were, uh, you know, they were blinded by it all. They had no idea these things were happening. But come on, there's eyes and ears everywhere. Everyone has to know what's happening. But, or um, maybe they're completely on top of it behind closed doors and they just don't want anyone outside of the organization to know. Well, yeah, that may be the other thing. Maybe they just keep it for themselves and try to mitigate it, you know, in the way they do. You know, let's see how we can handle it first. Um, but when they don't do it well, then they they punish the oyakata, they punish the guys they kick them out and they mm-hmm. use as, use them as an example and maybe it does work maybe that does work for other wrestlers they're like i don't want that to happen to me no i'm not going to do that but it's always interesting these scandals how you see the inner workings of the jsa and what they do afterwards and who says what and how little they say it's it's fascinating it is can i tell you one other odd fact yes in 1980 paul mccartney famous sumo fan himself yes was detained in a japanese prison for nine days after cannabis was found in his luggage at tokyo's narita international airport i think i remember hearing hearing about that really yeah. i never heard that yeah yeah i knew they were detained somewhere because of something like that but i found that fascinating it's kind of like yeah. it's well, it's nowhere close to what happened to, to Brittany in Russia. But no. Just don't travel with cannabis, y'all. If it's legal here, do not be traveling the world with it. I can say when I was there, there were people who knew how to get it, and there were people smoking it. Now, whether they were Japanese people or not, I don't know. But there were definitely foreigners there, and they were definitely getting it from somewhere, and it was definitely being smoked. So It's the foreigners, y'all. Just stay away from Never the trust foreigners. Never trust a who's got drugs in Japan. Never That's trust right. them, especially That's if right. they're Russian. And if our if our Russian guy is listening, hey man, like we ain't judging. We'd love to ask you some questions about that experience. So, man, wouldn't that be incredible? Well, is that it for this week? Yeah, that's it for this week. Those are the sumo scandals for this week. We'll come at you next week with another one. That's right. Until then, I'm Leslie. I'm Leslie. See you later. Jamata. You just said you were me. Oh, I'm not Leslie. I'm Laurie. <laughs> Sometimes this happens when you're already thinking about the next thing. I'm so sorry. I'm Leslie. You're Laurie. This is Sumo Kaboom. Oh, bye. <laughs>